following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. A very warm welcome to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs have made a terrific start to the new season under new head coach Nuno Espirito Santo. Son will try again with the outswinger. Oh, he didn't get it away. Goalkeeper makes the save. Oh, it's a great ball from Son and it's gone straight in. Spurs strike first through Son Heung-min, who marks his 200th Premier League appearance. You got your refill there, Derek? Yeah, buddy. All right, boys. Welcome. Episode 12, Spurs in, top of the league. Nick will not be joining us today. He, uh, you know, drank too much, a little soft, but whatever. Yeah, so this episode's going to be free and wild. We got Derek back from under the bridge. Yeah, we, we did find you under the bridge somewhere in Maine. And of course, Jose is here. Always Jose, consummate professional. So yeah, we are top of the league, boys. Top of the league. Top and how do we feel? League. How do we feel? Feels amazing, honestly. It feels good to be back. I got I get to defend myself in, in the present rather than listening to you guys just trash me. But yeah, no, first place is pretty legit, man. I mean, we've earned it. I just hope we can actually win by more than one goal one of these days. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling super happy. Never did I ever imagine that we would be top of the league at any point during the season. But we are. We are, and we're playing well. We've given up no goals in three games, which is great. Yes, I want to see more offense, but hey, we're top of the fucking league. Let's go. Top, come. We're top of the league. So we can talk about this as if how sustainable this can be actually later, but let's enjoy this. We got an international break. Gives us some more time to be at the top of the league. Coming into our coming into this week, let's talk about the game yesterday where we beat Watford one nothing. Let's start. Let's go to Derek because you know Derek, you haven't been here in a while. What are your initial feelings on the game? I know I said after last game that kind of felt like a Mourinho ball type game. This honestly felt a lot like Pochettino against bunker down teams. I mean. 58-42 is not exactly dominating the ball, but I think those are misleading numbers because as far as at least in between the 18-yard boxes, we generally held a heck of a lot more possession than they did. And on the positive side of things, I was never really worried about them scoring, aside from maybe once or twice in the 90 minutes. But at the same time, our play near and inside the 18-yard box was not exactly inspiring. So I'm happy we won. And again, we're the only team that has not allowed a goal yet in three games. Yes, I did not mention we have not conceded a goal in three games. And one of those games was Man City. And one of those games was Wolves, who have not scored yet and are averaging, I think it's like 4.5 expected goals a game, <laughs> which is an insane number for you not to score. But Jose, how do you feel about the game? Overall, I feel great that we got the W and we got the three points. However, there's some areas of concern. I still see Mourinho ball here. I still see it. I don't know if this is if this is on Nuno's plan. I know I heard after the press uh, after the game he held a press conference. He said that we're far far away from what he envisions for this club. But it's a little. It's I'm I'm not. I'm excited, but I'm a little worried at the same time. 
So like, I don't want this to be a repeat of last season. I want us to see, I want us to start playing the ball forward a little bit more. And we haven't seen that yet. And that's probably something we're going to touch up on later with the midfield discussion, but we need to see some of that. Yeah. It's very much like Mourinho ball. I would say it's Mourinho ball, but like 10 yards farther up the field or maybe 15 yards farther up the field is our holding point. So we're not exactly in our own goal defending. I mean, it was Watford, so newly promoted team. We weren't didn't have to be as worried, I guess. But yeah, there's there's a Mourinho s part of it. But I hate bringing him up because this is Nuno Ball. It's a little it's a little different. You can tell it's a little different. And we also have two better central defenders to help our back line out. So you know what? We haven't conceded a goal because of that. We haven't scored a lot of goals, but I'm gonna take the three wins. I'm gonna take the one. One zero. I don't care. As long as we win, we're not giving up leads like we have under Mourinho. That's another take about this whole thing and about the, the win and about the three wins that we have is the club, the club itself, the guys, the players, they look all in. They look happy. They don't look like they were under Jose. So, you know, I'm, I'm shitting on the dude. I like he Nuno has his club and the guys very pumped up. So I, I love that. Wait, so you mean the players that you were shitting on all last season are now good all of a sudden? And it's not Jose's fault? Well, There's, we have yes. talented players, man. We have we always, always talented players. Yes, but we do also need to realize that we need an overhaul and we're not going to go into the season with these players that all of a sudden are super talented. Yes, they are talented, but, you know, we have to be realistic when we don't want. You know, we're scared of Dyer, even though he's playing great. We're scared of Sanchez, even though he's playing great. We, we, we're not 100% committed to these guys that because we've seen them for so many damn years and we know that they're capable of doing a mistake at any time and, and start, and then it'll just flip. They'll start playing like shit for a bunch of games in a row. So, I mean, yes, but you guys were right. Nuno or a different coach has these guys playing a lot better. And one last thing. Let's not forget, Nuno's been here for, what, six weeks? So he's probably still learning about the squad. He really hasn't rotated much aside from the first Pacos game. I think with more time on on the training pitch and seeing how people interact, especially in the midfield, because as I said off pod, I I don't think the the Skip-Hoiberg midfield is really something we should be doing in addition to Tanganga against the lower level teams, like against Watford, I think we could have probably gotten away with Lo Celso in midfield, maybe switching the formation, putting another attacker out there like Lucas. But again, he's still learning the squad. He's not only starting a new job, he got thrust in right at the end of everything. So he hasn't really got to learn every player's abilities and and fit and faults. Yeah, uh, I I totally agree with that. I, I voiced my opinion on how I felt about, the as much as I love the Hoiberg skip uh combination on defense, it's been a little tougher the other way because they seem like they're both sixes as much as we Hoiberg came over from Southampton as someone who played the eight. But let's let's get into the game. We'll start off. I think the game started off pretty back and forwards. We had a we had a chance right away. Bird got the ball, passed it to Kane, Kane got knocked down, and then Watford came right back up the field. And Eric Dyer, Mr. Positional this year, right there to head it away off the line, right off the line. So uh, the game started the first 20 minutes. I mean, we had another chance in the ninth minute. 
where um, I think Sonny put Kane in and Kane tried to chip the goalie. It did not work out well, but the chances were there. Uh, 12th minute, Tanganga had that sliding that the ball Hoiberg put through. Tanganga came. He he did a, I mean, he saved it from going out of bounds, slid it, and it landed right at um, Berg's foot, who tried to shoot, put it in. It got deflected over the goal for a corner. But for overall, I thought the first 25, 30 minutes were pretty, we're kind of back and forwards. You expect these teams when they're playing a team. I mean, uh, people make fun of us when I say of our caliber to come out hard and to press us and, you know, give us some, give us some trouble. But I thought we, we did very good. We did pretty good in the beginning of the game and holding that back. We had our chances. I thought, uh, you guys I thought have in, the, in the beginning of the game, I was a little concerned about uh, Reggie for the first time this whole season defensively. He was not looking good against Sar initially. However, he did recover for the rest of the game and held him down. But he that first couple 20, I think it was 20 minutes, Sar was getting behind him a lot. He had no clue how to stop him. Sar was really fast. I think I voiced my opinion on the uh, color commentator, which I thought, which Jose, I thought you talked, you thought I, when I wrote my comment, you thought I took it as I was making a racist comment about colored players. I was <laughs> Not, just saying, no, I didn't think color- it was a racist. I just had no idea. I thought you were talking about the kits. Oh no. I was just like, saying the color commentator cannot like, he's just, it's like he was, is he the Watford color? Or maybe, or maybe you were watching the game in purple. Like you watched. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. This, yes, is, yes. this is two weeks in a row where we somehow got the home commentator. And it was like the same way at the Wolves game. No, that was a yellow card. That was a yellow card. That was a yellow card. But going back to uh, Reggie and Sar, I thought I mean Sar's really fast. Let's give him credit. Like there's there's a there's yeah you're gonna have trouble with him. And I thought he did pretty well. But the announcer like was like putting it into our heads that like this isn't well enough, not good enough. And I was like, shut up, like not getting across. And yeah, no, he 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 definitely you got to give a lot of credit to Sar. But Reggie, you got to give a lot of credit to him. He was able to adapt, and he he. Mm-hmm. He shut him down for the rest of the game. Yeah, there's another like you mentioned the Dyer's um, block with his head. Another great piece of positioning because even the way the ball hit him, that ball should have absolutely destroyed him. There was a lot of pace on that ball, but somehow he hit it with the top of his head and not the front of his head. If not, he would have been knocked out somehow. Uh, his skull is made of. I mean, there's not much in there, but <laughs> right, there's not much in there. That's the there's not much in there to rattle around. But think about it this way: How terrible would that have been if Musa Sissoko, who's been at Watford for 48 hours, would have gotten a damn assist in the first six minutes? That would have been insane. He would have um, tripled his assist in one game. He had, I mean, he had, a, he had another one later that will come to Musa oh. did not, and then he also had a classic Musa moment where he took a shot that he fired into the third row, which we, no, it's still which going. we know. Oh, it's still going. Gotcha, gotcha. That's 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 the Musa shot we all know so well. So I, I, I in my notes I wrote, yeah, Dennis and Sar definitely gave us a hard time. You know, speed, speed always kills. Um, it's kind of I've always said like I want Triori. We can we don't have to talk about that, but like yeah, speed kills, and we we did have some problems with both of them. Not serious problems, but like they definitely gave us some issues. Um, in the sun. Son had a chance in the 35th minute. Harry got it into him right in the box, but he was kind of crowded out by two defenders. It was then chased back out. Delhi somehow that pass from yeah, Harry was, was absolutely sick. Yeah, it was a sick pass. It just put it didn't put Sonny in the best position to take true, that shot. Um, the ball then bounced out. Delhi recovered it, and Son got the ball back. Took a shot to the near corner. He would have had the goalie off, but he, he missed the net. Still, another there's a, a good chance for us. And then what? Only a few minutes later, in the 41st minute, uh, Bergwijn gets a foul. That's a penalty right outside, not right outside the box. I would say it's probably like 30 
30 yards outside the box. Near the corner of the 18, yeah. Coming out, coming off the uh, left side. And uh, Sonny, who we've been talking about pretty much this whole year and his delivery and another excellent ball. I mean, I'm going to call it a goalie mistake, but where Sonny put that ball, that's a tough, tough, tough yeah. decision to make because you got the players running in. No one ran in. The goalie thought that someone was going to come in and you know, tap it in. So the goalie kind of went on his back foot ready for the tap in and instead took a took a great bounce, great placement, bounced right into the goal, one nothing Spurs. How many times have we seen someone send in a cross right in no man's land in between everybody rushing to the ball and where he's standing? And it's more of a do you're you're screwed if you do, you're screwed if you don't. Because if he comes out and somebody heads the ball, it's an easy goal. If he stands still, yeah, sure. Nine times out of 10, that ball might hit the post. It might bounce out. It, it, Sun just put a perfect ball in and it just wound up working out for us. Yeah, perfect placement. Yeah, it was. He's been great all season. And the comment and the color commentator obviously was like, ah, oh, lucky goalie mistake. Because, yeah, yeah I that's mean, why Sonny, I felt like but he can say goalie mistake all he wants, but Sonny forced him to make a mistake with the ball that he put in. We between can put, all, flip it like that. Between all my game notes, it's just me hating this commentator. <laughs> like every yellow card was, should have been us. They didn't deserve any yellow. I, I was, yeah, it was, it was, I, it was, I, I, muted sickening. It. I muted it. It was sickening. so, so Sonny scores right before half. Perfect. That's exactly what we need, especially against a promoted team. We can now, I mean, the game's obviously not over. We know that, but we can now kind of settle into our, our game plan more. And we come out in the second half and we come out in the second half and about, let's say eight minutes in Watford has its best chance led by Musa Sissoko who runs, <laughs> runs Delhi to the line. He squeezes, he's able to squeeze the ball back into the middle, right on the line, kind of like the Tanganga play. And it goes right to Sar. Sar gets off a shot, and my man of the match. We'll talk about that later. Davidson Sanchez gets in the way. Ball pops up. Hugo, easy save, and that's about the biggest chances. The biggest chance for Watford all day. Yeah, that was a great chance for Sar. As soon as Sissoko again, if Sissoko gets an assist against us after playing with people for about eighteen minutes prior to this game, that would have killed me. And good on him that this play was really the whole Musa Sissoko experience. He oh, ran yeah. by two defenders. He threw a halfway decent cross in. Saar, I mean, Saar should have done better. Good for Davinson. Great positioning. I think Hugo probably puts that, puts that out. But just to continue the Musa Sissoko experience, as soon as we start playing is when he rips Skip down to get a penalty or to get a foul and a yellow card. It's just... I miss the I miss the uncertain nature of of dealing with Musa Sissoko. I don't, but I we do. forgot. We also forgot to mention if there was any ill will towards Nuno, he kicked him right in the fucking chest with a ball too on the oh, sideline. So yeah, that's a fair point, man. <laughs> oh come on, I'm joking. Nuno's joking. the next goalie. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> all right, so I don't think Sissoko has really a mean bone in his body, at least in our experience after he moved from Newcastle to us. But that ball was way out of bounds. It was. And it he was booted way out that of ball. I don't know whether he was aiming for a fan or whatever. That ball was – it bounced twice out of bounds. And he said, you know what? I'm smashing this ball. Boom, Nuno. And Nuno yeah. took it in the chest like Happy Gilmore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, um, yeah, so I still love Musa. I didn't think he meant to do that at all, of course. No, I don't think so. I don't either. want, I don't want to dive it, And it was in. great to see later on how the fans – respected him he he's done a, i mean 
he was wasn't funny. great all the time, but he was a he was a guy that played for the shirt. Definitely sure. played for the shirt. Effort. And that yeah, cha- exactly. that cha- that Champions League year, he was great. He sure. was. that Champions League run, he was great. So yeah, I mean, all respect to Musa, of course. It was obviously funny. I think I wrote. I think I wrote it down. Musa uh, put the Musa put Musa takes a shot wide open and puts it. Yeah, you know, as Derek said, or we talked about before, it's still floating in space. It might hit the moon soon. But and there's classic, nothing classic Musa. There's nothing like hearing drunk Nick sing "Oh Musa Sissoko." Oh, like that was, so that's gonna be dearly missed. Yeah, he he put that picture up on our on a on our Instagram. Yeah. And I, or Twitter, and I was like, "You just put a random picture. How is anyone going to know this relates to Musa at and knowing, all?" Knowing he has the video, that absolutely yeah. makes no uh, sense. I, I get the video. I got to put we, it up, but I would never wanna, do that to Nick without. His we want to hey, hear listen, his vocals. Next week's an international break. Maybe it's story time. Story time pod. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're we'll, we'll probably do a transfer pod on Wednesday, and then yeah, maybe we, the next week we can do a story time pod. We got we got a few of them that that are very, should be entertaining to our listeners. So um, let's move on to the next. Whatever happened next, we we're not going to score. So in the seventy first minute, we um, um, we had a we, you missed a, a shot that Delhi had an attempt that Delhi had. Oh yes, no, no, you're right. Oh god. So yeah, do you want to have this conversation now, or do you want to finish going through the game about the midfield? Because I can do it right now about Delhi and about the whole midfield. So the the, the play that Jose is talking about, Harry Kane gets the ball. After Sun intercepts it in the midfield, passes the Hurricane out wide. Harry Kane puts it into the middle. Delhi is sprinting, making an excellent run to the box. Delhi gets it right on his foot, no one around him, and he puts it wide. And that's a goal. That has to be a goal. That is game ending. That is mm-hmm. nerves gone. That is all of that. So un- an unfortunate miss for Delhi, but kind of what Delhi has been. Not. So I'm gonna we're gonna do this right now. Delhi cannot play that position with those two players. There's a lack of progression. There's too much of him running. His defense and his work ethic have been unbelievable, and there's nothing to take away from that. But it's we're too there's that midfield isn't doing anything for us. It's playing great defense. It is. We haven't conceded a goal, but offensively, it's like Delhi's trying to catch up to the play all the time. And that's how I feel how it looks. And Delhi's not the creative type. He's the guy who makes runs. He's not going to make great service because he's not playing in his natural position. It's even though his defense is greatly improved, maybe it's because of the help of Skip and Hoiberg, who I think are both sixes playing in this position. But yeah, him missing that goal was just was was huge. Luckily, we still won the game. Obviously, yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent going to agree with you, man. I'm. I love the pairing of Hoiberg and Skip, but this is not something that's going to have us playing exciting forward football. These guys pretty much play the same role in the same position. And we're using like a skate, we're using Hoiberg as like a scapegoat to kind of try to play forward a little bit. And there's moments of brightness. You see that he can play a little bit forward, but it's not enough. It's not. And and what Delhi's doing right now is just basically being another kind of defending midfielder as well. He's not always he's focused more on defense, which I kind of like. But at the same time, he's not that guy. He's going to he loses possession a lot. He's not the kind of midfielder that is going to hold on to the ball like our our favorite guy that we love mentioning because he was so great at him, um, Musa Dembele. 
he would always hold the ball and bring it forward. No one could take the ball away from this guy. And we're missing that so much right now, so much right now. So I would love for one of these guys to be able to be capable of doing that, but it's not their game. So we're going to need somebody going forward to fulfill that position. And we have somebody with all that potential to do that. It's just, unfortunately, this guy, you know, we all, we all know who this guy is. And unfortunately, See, I'm, he's I'm not, not even going to bring it. I'm going to leave him unnamed. I will too. Well, suppo- supposedly he's staying. Yeah, I read oh, that. Today. I don't doubt he's staying. So we'll it's we'll late. see what happens. Is it but, too late? Because I feel like this is a constant thing that happens every year. There's too much talent. Nuno's going to have to look at him and be and look at this team and say, "That's our best option in that position." Unless Lo Celso is still interesting for me for what position I want him to play or where he should be. But I'm not going to compare the talent-wise, and Dombley is better than Lo Celso. For sure. But they Lo play Celso, different roles. Yes, but, they but the yeah. same role at the same time. We can't. Pl- I don't think we can play them together ever, truthfully. Unless we're playing Lo Celso in a different position, I don't think they can be in a pivot together. But one thing I did want to say with this current setup, it kind of feels like Nuno, Nuno, geez, Nuno wants to play – somewhat of a 4-2-3-1-4-3-3 hybrid where the two sixes in this case would be Joy Bergen and Skip and Delhi can join the attack. My biggest concern with this, if that is the case, and again, I'm just an American watching a sport I've, I've played most of my life, but haven't really analyzed as a professional, but I don't see how Delhi can hold up being as active defensively as he is while also contributing to the attack, I can't imagine he holds this up for 38 games, much less 19. He needs a break of some sort. So as we've known, he's best in a 4-2-3-1. We pretty much scripted our entire formation around him under Pochettino because that was the best position. And he could get on long runs. He could do those late runs that came or Erickson could find him behind the defense. It's just, as we said from the jump, last season it's hard to include Delhi into a team in his most effective way unless you're playing a four three or four two three one and unless it's some sort of uh hybrid idea that Nuno has I do think we need Lo Celso in for Skip or Hoiberg or by some divine miracle and Dombele wants to bring his place back and he can take the place of one of those two guys all the same he's just he's not a number 10 Mm-hmm. And we're trying to play him at this hybrid number 10 position where he drops deep. And I don't as much. I mean, it was great last year watching Kane drop deep and hit those passes. And truthfully, I, I'm going to, I'll say it. I, I thought Bergwijn had another, had one of his games where he just wasn't, I didn't, I don't remember anything he did. Truthfully. I don't, I didn't, I don't remember anything good. He oh. did today. No, Bergwijn, he, he drew the foul for the goal. He, had a couple of good runs. I, again, I mean, he was unfortunate on the, the end of that Tanganga you uh, get, cross. You, you get taken out in the 70th minute for a reason. Well, listen. But to be fair, to be fair, we weren't that explosive offensively. None of the guys were really. None of our offensive guys had a great game. Kane looked leggy. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody played great. I mean, the fullbacks got run around several times. Dennis had a great run early on. Mm-hmm. where he basically put everybody in a turnstile. Sar had had Reggie on roller skates a couple of times. The midfield was all right. 
I mean, I think everybody was just slightly above average, and we got fortunate that Sun put in a great cross, and it wound up going in the net. Yeah, let's let's not take away from like our expected goals versus theirs was better. Our possession was better. We sh- definitely should have. We deserve to win this game. Sure, agreed. I understand who we're playing. We're playing Watford, but let's let's quickly get back to the game. So, seventy first minute, Mora does replace Bergwijn. He comes on, Derek. Me and you made the same comment because yep. he comes on. His first dribble was just a classic Lucas Mora dribble. Where what? Where are you going? What are you doing? But. To Lucas Mora's credit, this is where exactly where we want him. We want him coming onto the field, attacking tired defenders. And he came up after that, came up with two excellent chances. The first one he put right across the goalie that was tipped for another corner. Uh, maybe he could have got a little better shot on it. But, you know, it's also someone could have been there to, you know, tap it in. We I, I thought he was passing that more than shooting that. That was, that was Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. He kind of scuffed it. I disagree. It. I think he was trying to blast that ball to the back post. And he didn't uh, yeah, it. he scuffed it. But <laughs> but still, a great chance that he created yeah. from his dribbling. And then, what, 10 minutes later, he created the chance that Kano. Kane. Kane. Oh, in fact, I didn't just wow. get that tiny yes. deflection. That ball was in the net. I, I Like, I was still blaming Kane even after. But at the same time, I you got that deflection so close to you. You know how that feels. Like, it just pops over your foot. You're like, God damn it. I was standing right here. Can't Kane doesn't put it in, goes to a corner. We do a short corner. Reggie puts it into the corner. It goes off someone's goes off someone's head. I forgot who it was. Bounces to Kane. Kane gets his laces right through it and props to the uh, Bachman, the goalie for uh, Watford, who made an excellent save on that Kane shot. Because I was like, that is a Kane he, goal. He, for he, sure. he made an excellent stop because that ball took a slight deflection off of somebody. So for him to get back and recover that, that, that was pretty good. So he made the most saves of any goalkeeper in the Premier League this season so far. That's that a lot about Watford's defense. <laughs> yeah, it also says, like, we, we got our chances. Oh, yeah, no, we did great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I'm not taking anything away from our attack. I mean, you look at, at the stats from yesterday. We had 500 passes, and we had 15 shots, mm-hmm. over half of which wound up on net. It just was an under, it was an under-inspiring effort that probably should have ended up one nothing. I mean, if Kane puts that six inches to the left or six inches up, that ball is firing through the net and hitting some child in the crowd. But unfortunately, it is what it is. <laughs> sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. That was probably a better, that was probably a, what, a much better XG on that shot than there was on Sun's cross on the free kick. Oh, 100%. So, I mean, that was about the last thing. About In the last 10 minutes, we kind of ran out the game, did our thing, won the game, victory. There we go. Three victories glory, in a glory. row. We cannot be upset with this. I mean, we have our issues, and I've said that. I don't know how sustainable this is, and that's kind of my next questionable question is, can not? Uh, I don't think we can sustain, obviously, this number one position, but can we sustain a top four with these other teams in the league? We have one more day in the transfer window, but we'll get to that. We'll, I mean, Emerson might have been signed today. We'll see if that actually fully went through, but it's looking good. Another right back, so that will give us four right backs. We need to get some out, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's get to the midfield conversation again. And the Hoiberg, because, ladies and gentlemen, we, in, we invited, as you've heard on the podcast before, we've invited Jose's son to our podcast. And now we've invited him to our group chat. And Jose and Jomar have already got into multiple, a big fight, one hell of a fight about Pierre 
Eric Hoiberg. This so we kid, all love this, this, this kid. This kid, he's feeling his oats already. 17 years old, he's feeling his oats. It's to combat felt, everything I, felt, I said. Uh, that's when the hormones were running. I felt my oats at 17. So, yeah. Jose, why don't you start us in telling us what, how you felt about Pierre's play? Well, Hold on real quick, Jose. Let me just butt in real quick. Mm-hmm. You just there, Pierre Emmerich. Hoiberg. He he combined Obama Yang and Hoiberg. It's Pierre Pierre Emile Hoiberg. What the hell did I call? I called him. Oh, I called him. I might. Have I'm gonna. Started. I'm gonna leave this chat because right, ben, you know, Ben's bringing Arsenal into this game, and I'm 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 signing off. I can't get that like you know that twentieth spot out of my head. Mm-hmm. Being relegated out of my head when you haven't. I mean, yeah, I guess you played Chelsea, but like they're awful. Love saying yeah. that, but sorry. Yeah, Pierre. Emil Hoiberg. I could have wrote. I could have swore I wrote Emil. What the hell did I write? No, you didn't. No, I said it. I said it wrong. I said it wrong. Oh, I was about to say what the hell. It is very close. It, it, That's true. <laughs> it's P E A and P E H. Yeah, Ben, don't do that again. But nothing. I absolutely think this guy was. He was my man of the match. I and that's pretty much the gist of me, what me and my kid were arguing about because he didn't see him as having this overall good game because he gave up possession a lot. And yes, he did give up possession a lot, but like Derek just mentioned, we have 500 passes and Hoiberg had 91 of those 500 talking about a quarter of those passes. And he was, he had a pass effect rate of 80 over 80, 81%, which is out of, out of control. So albeit he did lose possession because I feel like he's not great playing forward and defenders up there will take the ball easily for him because he's not good dribbling the ball that well but he had some great link passes with Jaffet on the right side he had some great link passes with a whole bunch of other players all over the pitch when he was playing forward I he he, I don't want him playing this I I just want to make that clear I don't feel that that's his that's what he's best suited for especially on this club but I think this guy is amazing and he was definitely my man of the match he was everywhere he had not I mean playing forward he was decent but playing defending as always there was a point in the game where Sanchez had a little bit of trouble staying with someone I forget who it was and they were coming on on the left side and he was out of position because he he went over to cover Hoiberg came and covered up his spot in the in the in the center of the, of the of the defense and made a great great stop on a shot hit it with his chest and got it out he this guy was all over the place there you go something before I could jump in here go oh, ahead. I'm, with, I'm I'm with Jose I think as far as if I were ranking players from this weekend's performance, Pierre would be near the top. I'm with you, though, Ben. I think Sanchez had the best game. As I've said before, I just think him and Skipper are redundant against teams like Watford and Wolves. Mm-hmm. I think now, unfortunately for Nuno, the player who should be playing that position doesn't want to play for us, even though we have about, I don't know, what, 12 hours until – no, not even – it's four it's four p.m. tomorrow, or whatever. But he has less he has less than twenty four hours to figure out whether he's leaving or not. And unfortunately, it's not up to him. But yeah, given the role that Pierre was put in, I think he did well. He's not really suited to that role, but he did the best for it. And let's be honest, this man hasn't had a fucking break. He played every game in the Premier League last season. He played in the Euros. They had a decent run. What did they get to the quarters? So he played probably every minute for Denmark. The poor guy just needs a break, but he still runs around like a crazy person. So I give him plenty of credit for the effort that he puts in, even though he's running on the most tired legs possibly on planet Earth. 
I think our biggest issue when we discuss is maybe that when we when we put some negativity on a player, we it's black and white. And from for Hoiberg, it wasn't black and white for me. It was, as I said, a tale of not two halves of two Hoibergs, of two positions on the field. Hoiberg in the in first and the second areas of the field. He's Hoiberg. He's excellent. He's so good at breaking up plays. Him and Skip on that pivot is unbelievable. It makes Dyer better. It makes Sanchez better. It makes our entire defense better. But as we said before, we're playing Hoiberg at the eight. So he has to do things in the final third, which I thought he struggled. So I'm not going to say he was bad because he wasn't bad. He was great in areas. Amazing. Him him, him and Skip would shut down plays before they would ever start occurring. But when we needed Hoiberg to do the quick passes, he had some great through balls. I'll give him, I'll give him that. He's, he's pretty good at getting the ball, th- putting a good through ball in. But when you're playing that, we got to break down this defense. I don't love Hoiberg in that position. And I can't put Skip in that position because I know Skip's worse than Hoiberg in, at the eight. And then going back to the other midfielder is Delhi, who's taken off, as we said, taken on this more defensive role. So now we have these three borderline def- not Delhi's not defensive, but he's playing not, but a defensive. You can, yes, yeah, you can definitely say that. Mark. Yeah, yeah you can definitely say say that, man, because that that's totally what they are right now. They're they're three defensive midfielders. Delhi Delhi's not playing that great pushing the ball forward right now. He's because it's it's not his it's not his position. Yeah, he's out of yeah. position. And this is why I mean, if we're going to continue to use Delhi right there, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you guys. We're going to have to find somebody to be a more offensive midfielder because and use and start. I mean, Skip has been playing pretty decent. I thought he's been pretty he's been playing playing pretty well. I don't think he's um I think he's more. I would sit him down to be to be honest with you. I would sit him down and have him playing in these games like the Europe, the conference league and all this stuff like that. And not, and give him burn, of course, in the premier league as well, but not as much. I think he still needs a little bit of more time adjusting. We can use him to give breaks to Hoiberg. Like you guys said, that he's been overused for the past year and whatever is we were going through right now of this season. My, my thing is the pivot has worked so well between them. And we're th- obviously we've won three games in a row. We have it conceded. So now skip starts games when we're playing tougher offensive teams for sure. And you play that pivot with Hoiberg and you, we do kind of what we did in the man city game, but I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And Derek, I think also agrees in that playing these two players is tough because they kind of do the same thing. And we need to give our attacking players as good as they are someone in the middle, that Erickson replacement, some, someone who's going to deliver the ball because Son is never in that position to, you know, give a good cross in. That's not a set piece. He's not, he's not in those positions. And I don't want Kane to have to drop back to fill in that midfield as much as he did. Actually, if we got Triori, I would actually like that way more just because of speed. And I know we can complain about Triori and his finishing, but just if we had Son and Triori running on each side of Kane, so Kane drops back and puts in these passes for them. We know tr- no one in this league is catching up the priority. We can talk about his finishing later, but we can talk about other signings. But I don't I, want I, Kane to. I don't want Kane to have to drop back as much as he used as he did had to do last year. As much as well as he played, I I want service for him. I want him to be that striker that we that's that striker. But we don't have an Ericsson replacement. Delhi is not the Ericsson replacement. 
Ndombele is the closest thing because of just his ability. But right now, Ndombele is not in this team. He doesn't want to play for us for whatever reason. Maybe it'll change now that he knows he can't leave. And I hope I hope it does because we know how much talent he has. We know he can he can kind of put a full game together. He played decently under Mourinho for some time, but the midfield is an issue. There is a there is a gap there. But at the same time, we're playing great defense. You mentioned the guy from Wolves, Traore, and initially I was super opposed to having that guy on our club because I feel like we have a bunch of guys that do what does what he does. But it's obvious that we do need somebody, someone of his skill, someone that can take the ball out of the midfield. The only thing I just felt like, is he going to be that Erickson role for us? Absolutely not. He's nowhere near. His Ooh, passing no. abilities is terrible. But I, I do see the need for someone to get the ball out of the midfield and without, you know, being unstoppable, like force dribbling forward. And he the, does do that. One thing, the thing so far under Nuno that has concerned me the most is you go back to when he was managing Wolves. They generally played three at the back with wingbacks. They didn't have the depth of players. Now, we're not Man City. We're not Chelsea. We don't have players all over the pitch that can play. We can swap out 11 for 11. But I think with an actual tactical manager, we can switch to three at the back against certain teams. We can move another center mid out for a center back and then go more offensive with whoever's playing in the pivot. There are certain ways we can work around this this lack of midfield that we've been dealing with since Mourinho got here. And if he's not going to have an idea, I mean, think about it this way. If we put Reggie at left wing back and we put maybe Adama Traore at right wing back, or we put his old friend, Matt Doherty at right wing back. Please Listen, no. Please no. let's be real. <laughs> doherty has been stuck into a back four under Mourinho and that's never the player he was. He was someone who would get forward and get into the box and score goals. He was a, you know, he played in a back five in both those Pacos games and he was not good. But again, the guy had COVID. He hasn't played under any remotely consistent. Derek, how long ago did this man have COVID? No, 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 no. That's different. Like people have have reacted to COVID differently. Like throughout sports. No, no, no. I don't mean to make this about Doherty. No, let's cancel out Doherty. Let's say Emerson comes in and we can play a back five. We we could push Jaffet back into the middle. So we play. Or, or we could put Romero there and give Jaffet a break. Because in truth, Jaffet is a great, is an excellent defender, and his work ethic gets him some offensive plays. But as an offensive defender, he's not that great. He's not nothing special, nothing to yeah call home about. But like he, like he wins his balls off of just pure strength and effort. He's yeah. not beating yeah. you up. This he doesn't put in a great cross. But with Sergio on the other side, we're gonna put a more defensive player, but we can always move Jaffin into the middle. It was kind of the reason we wanted Tamayasu. And I, uh, unfortunately that felt, it looks like that's not going to work out, but Jaffin is Tamayasu in, in the fact that he can play both right back and he can move into the center back position if we want to do a back five. So mm-hmm. he handles himself. Well, Jaffin handles, handles himself. Well, on one of the passes that Hoiberg overshot a lead pass that he overshot to um, Jaffin. Jaffet ran his ass off before the yeah, ball got out of bounds. Yeah, you brought that one up, right? That was that was great. But that's more of a Jaffet effort play than a like. Correct. I understand it, it, was, it was very talented. It, it was no, no, no. It, it was skillful that he got the ball and he put it in the air. And but like it was more like he was sliding into that, trying to just kick it into the middle, and he Correct. got kind of a little bit lucky. But like 
that is an effort play by Jaffet, which we love. His defense is great. But in certain games like this, it's like we don't need Jaffet. We need more of someone who's going to help Reg and like make the teams unbalanced by like, we're not just going to attack you up one side. We're, we have this other side too with a competent back, a competent um, right back who can also cross the ball in, run up the field, make him maybe make a move. And I don't see that in Doherty or really Jaffet. I see. I don't see much in Doherty actually. And I wish we could get him out of the door over Aurier in, in truth. I think I brought that up. I know Derek. I know. Look, he's flexing. No, it's, it's, no, it's flexing absolutely everything. true. I mean, we all, well, we all kind of, except for Derek, kind of want Aurier out the fucking door, but I'd much rather have Aurier than Doherty. That's definitely well said, Ben. Right. If we can get anything for Surge, I'd be, again, I'm on board. I said this, this is actually documented in history on this podcast. That if we can get a fee for Orier, it's better for the team. But if he's going to be here, we're really going to we're, we're going to put Doherty's crusty ass on the field when he doesn't do anything. He can't defend. Say what you will about Surge, he's a red card at any time. But if that red card doesn't come, he's a better player in pretty much every facet than Doherty is. He's going to give you a decent cross into the box here and there. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's our best. He's a best attacking wing back on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not so much if Emerson actually falls in, but Agreed. yeah, I'd rather have Aurier. And when we brought in Doherty, and then Nuno came in, you're all like, "Oh, here comes a reunion." Doherty's going to be better, but it does. It doesn't. It seems like Nuno has realized this is. I got better players. I have a better team. I can go back to my Villarreal style. Play the four at the back. Something I wanted to bring up was Tim Howard said after the game, are you going to rely on Sanchez and Dyer for this season? And it was such a good comment because I was just like, no, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I like as great as they've been playing. Like I will get right after this. We're going to get to our man of the match. We'll get this over with. But Tim Howard, I don't trust USA them. soccer legend. I don't trust. I don't trust that. I, I'm I'm waiting for Cuddy. Romero to get in there and take his position. I don't love that we didn't get a left a left footed back because I still would rather Sanchez over Dyer. But it seems like if it's anything, it's going to be Romero and Dyer just because of Dyer's left foot. I don't know, man. I think it's going to be Sanchez and Dyer for a little while. Remember, Romero's going out to South America right now to compete in the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So but I'm, I'm saying for, for like weeks and then a couple games in. I we think didn't... I think Romero's going to need time to adjust. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're all scared of him. Everyone here on the pod is scared, scared of him, how he comes forward a lot and attacks people and is quick to get cards and all this bullshit. So, yeah, but he was, I mean, we're, we just, we sat, we, we paid $44 million or $45 million for, for the best, for who was ranked the best centered back in Syria. So we, yeah, there's eventually a part where we have to start him. It's just that, I mean, I brought it up in the past, like even before this podcast, about this left-footed center back that we are looking for, and that's Dyer right now. It's all we have. Mm-hmm. So it's right now it's going to be a little hard to decide, like, if we play, let's say Cuddy comes back and we want to, we decide Sanchez is better than, than Dyer. Who is going to play on the left side? Who's going to play on the right side when they're both right-footed? Who See, do we great trust? Great question. I got a great, I got a great, great thing here. Dyer's not left-footed. He he's not, but he plays. He's better. He's a yeah, better. Sorry, for, sorry, sorry for saying that, but he, there's there's something better, about him that puts him at the left that makes more, everyone feel very because he actually can use his left foot more than the other guys can. That's yeah. pretty much it. 
No, it's that it's that center defensive midi that he played that allows his feet are a little better, maybe. Right, but I don't think I would put Eric Dyer in over the way Sanchez has been playing when Eric Dyer hit his ceiling three years ago. As a, center, least as a center midfielder. You want to bring in a left-footed center back? Put Roden on the field. Where is he, Joe? Where is Roden? Injured. Been? He's injured. He's not. He's not playing for Wales. He's he's injured. Oh, okay. I okay. didn't see anything yeah. about that. But so, maybe Roden. Maybe Roden is. Maybe a left left-sided mid, uh, defender and a back three because there are going to be weeks we should be playing a back three with with two wingbacks. I, I I agree. So let's get into our players of the week and maybe our player who kind of let you down today or yesterday. So let's start with players of the week. I think. Jose, you've already said it. It's Pierre. Yep. If you want to give a few more comments about it, go for it. And no, then I'll, I mean, I, I think I stated I, it earlier. Like, this guy was completely amazing to me the whole entire game. And, and I'm, I'm so happy that we have this guy. He should be a future captain of this club. This guy gives 110% all the damn time. Forward, backward, anywhere you put him, he's going he's gonna to perform well. And I thought... He did. So, yeah, that's I don't want to get too much into it because I got into it earlier, but definitely my my man of the match and guy of the week. Derek, as I said at the beginning, I don't think anybody was really all that inspiring. You know, no, I wouldn't give anyone a five out of five, but Davinson was incredible blocking the ball. He was pinging passes around like he was prime Toby Alderweireld. Like every pass he sent over, he sent at least two or three to Reggie that were right on the money. And I didn't know he really had that in him that consistently because we haven't seen a lot of it, but absolutely consistent performer. He's been great for three straight games. I, I even seen him playing the ball up forward a lot. Like he, he, he was all the way upfield a couple of points. He, he had a great game. He looks inspired, man. I, I don't remember seeing him this active in a long time, probably since he was in the middle of the back three with Jan and Toby. So maybe Nuno's unlocked something at least mentally in this man that where he he feels more comfortable playing and he feels more confident because he looks confident as hell not to brag but as someone who played defense on a generally very good team in new york playing deep is terrifying and it could cause it 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 makes you feel very uncomfortable because how close you are to your goal and you know has moved them up the field a little more confidence, a little more. And Sanchez has pace to get back. Dyer, not so much, but that's a good combination, if you get what I mean. Dyer kind of stays back. Sanchez is allowed to move up. I mean, Dyer does his thing because he's still in his brain. Sometimes thinks he's a center defensive midi and he can go up the field. But there's a thing about not having to guard so defense so deep that I think gives our, is giving our defenders some confidence. Also, I mean, we were talking about it before, having skip and two sixes generally in front of you, helping you out is huge. I actually but, have a thought on that with the two midfielders, with the two sixes. If Romero is going to be Jan Vertonghen times 10, where he gets a ball and just runs through the opposing defense like he thinks he's the Dama Traore, maybe that's not so bad to have two, two defensive midfielders to protect that. Because, I mean, I know it was Paco's Ferreira, but good job. Thanks, buddy. I took Spanish <laughs> for four years. In school. There we fucking go. I know it's Portuguese. We don't, we don't need Nick. Yeah, that's yeah. We Nick don't need Nick. Absolutely butcher it. Yes, he will. But if he's going to be running up and down the pitch, maybe in that situation, it's probably not the worst idea to have two sixes to defend, at least in those scenarios. 
But again, this is all hypothetical because who knows when Romero is actually going to start a Premier League game. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so oh, and I my... forgot not, Romero no, no. and Romero and Sanchez won't be available for two weeks. Sanchez did leave to Colombia too. We're gonna be yeah, the, so. I I think I saw that. Um, Los Celso and Romero are going to after their games are going to Croatia with uh, Emmy Martinez from Villa and Ben Rama, not Ben Rama, Ben Ben Duia. Ben, is that am I saying it right? I have no idea what Bendua, you're talking about. Whatever. Another one of the South American players are going I heard to about them going to Croatia. They're going to a Croatian island to uh, I guess quarantine and train there so they don't have to like sit in the lodge or whatever. Um getting back to so David Sanchez was my player of the game. I thought he was excellent. He was always in position. He shut down plays. He did the passing was something you haven't seen from him in I don't know forever and it was he did a very excellent job so he was my man of the match for sure uh it's yeah it just it really just comes down to that midfield and how sustainable this can be as oh what are we going to win one nothing every game for the rest forever and not score enough goals because there's a gaping hole in the center it's at center of the midfield but yeah that's generally how i felt about felt about the game we played well played well enough to beat the team we got to do we you know one nothing you got to do what you got to do this is the premier league I was, uh, yeah, you got to be happy with the win. Got to be happy with, with the position we're in. Yeah, 100%. I'm definitely going into this international break for the next couple of, well, what is it, a week or two weeks that we're going to have off of not seeing Premier League football. And no, I'm on cloud nine. I'm on cloud nine. We top of the fucking league and the dumb, damn gooners on the bottom. It's great. All right, let's, let's sure, end sure. on a, let's end on a negative note because, you know, Spurs. <laughs> as even though we're we are in first but anyone let you down yesterday anyone you were a little like we're playing Watford what are you what are you doing as I said I think there were a lot of people that played average to above average I mean Kane had a couple moments but I was pretty let down because this felt like the kind of team that he would dominate and at the same time Sun played well but Oh, no, I'm sorry. Delhi played well, but Delhi has six goals against Watford. This is kind of his team to beat. And I know there are different players on the squad, but we go back to that goal with that beautiful piece of play where he should have just tapped that in. And we go back to prime Delhi. That ball's in the top of the net. and He's he's spinning his arm, excited as, as anybody, knee sliding into the flag. So, yeah, Delhi's at least especially that missed – opportunity um i know he's running his butt off but i think delhi and kane both had chances to score goals so they would be my letdown for the day i really have no letdowns i mean maybe as a collective whole the team for not scoring enough goals but that's it there's really no letdown that no one had a great 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 game except for maybe sanchez and hoiberg no one had a terrible game either it wasn't yeah yeah, I wasn't uh, disappointed. With, I was disappointed with us not scoring more goals. Look, it was a game where we played a promotion team who obviously isn't doesn't have the quality we do, and we got the win. We saw a game after where Man United – I mean, the Wolves have, Wolves have been great, where they kind of snuck out a win, and that's what you got to do sometimes. So I'll take uh, – I will obviously 100% take, take the win. Uh, player who let, let me down was Bergwijn, as I said. I just I feel like I'm running into an issue with a Lucas Mora type deal where he is. Did you hear my dog bark? 
Oh, yeah. that was your dog today. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, now it's my dog. So I'm going to let him out real quick. And then I'm going to come back to my bird wine point. Here's my thing, Ben. I am gen- genuinely worried about this team from the standpoint that we're winning games one nothing. I don't think that's sustainable. And I'm curious if the two of you think or know or have an idea even of how we can make one nothings better into two nothings, three nothings. Because if you look around the league, being undefeated is great, but our goal difference is lower than half the league. It's going to be who we're going to put in that 10 spot, I think. Quickly about Ber- quickly going back to Bergwijn, I just thought he's inconsistent. He's becoming almost like a Lucas Mora type player, and I don't trust him fully all the time. And I, but yeah, going back to what you said, I, it's it's going to come back to that midfield because coming off of last season, as bad as even though coming in seventh, our goal differential was excellent for the most part. We scored a lot of goals last season. We got Kane back. Hopefully, I mean, maybe give him some, give him, a, give him this game, and hopefully he'll get back on track next game because I thought he was a little leggy and not on pace this game. It's not so, but yes, this one nothing thing is not gonna do. And there's a there's a gap in the midfield of getting the ball up to our to get enough opportunities, which I feel is an issue. But yeah, one nothing is not going to be a sustainable thing, especially when, I mean, you got these teams who. Have kind of separated themselves from us in a in a decent capacity in Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, and uh, obviously, even though we beat them, Man City, I'm not going to say we're a better team than Man City. We had a better day. We had a better day than them on that on that day that we beat them. But yeah, this one nothing thing isn't going to be sustainable. We, we're going to have to score more goals. We're going to have to figure out this midfield because there is a gap. We need some creativity. But let's not harp on that because we're still in first place still haven't let in a goal and i can't yeah no one no one no one here saw this coming i'm assuming no i didn't i didn't think we we're going to be top of the league so have a good start running out the gates like this not at all so if anyone doesn't have anything else to say i will say guys we're winning the league we're winning the fucking league we're winning the fucking league and Derek is frozen 